0: Okay, thank you for joining us. This is part two of our series of things we put before our relationship with God, before Jesus. Now, if you've been in church, you've noticed that the colors have changed. They're green during this summertime, and green is the season of growth. So from Christmas to Lent and Easter and Ascension, we follow the life of Jesus Christ and all that he has done for us. That's our readings. Now in the summer, we get to respond to what Jesus has done for us. And we do that by growing. And so the readings during the summer months or the season of Pentecost, they still focus on what Christ has done for us, but with a very strong invitation to respond, to grow. And who doesn't want to grow? Someone once said, change is inevitable, so why not strive for positive change? And even if physically that may be impossible, spiritually we can always grow and mature in our relationship with God and our outlook on life. That's what this season is all about. So I want to take this Bible passage from Luke 9, verse 51 and following, and focus on four things we tend to place before our relationship with God. Tribal beliefs or causes, comfort, security, and the past. And so we're in Luke 9, and starting at verse 51, Jesus answers the question, what it means to follow him. And in this section, we see that it is our natural tendency to put other things or people before Jesus. The Samaritans reject Jesus because he wouldn't embrace their view of things. Today, we have tribes of people, groups of people, causes, races, culture, religions that try to fit Jesus into their beliefs and would love it if he would embrace them. But but we learn that Jesus doesn't follow anyone. He is God. We follow him. And then Jesus has three interesting conversations with three different people. All of them have to do with commitment and following him. Now, do understand that Jesus knows the thoughts of people even before they say anything. So that helps us understand a little bit the seemingly harshness of Jesus' responses to these individuals. But he does know People's hearts. After all, he is God. He's all knowing. He doesn't often use his divine power, but sometimes he does. He responds to a person who says he will follow Jesus wherever he goes. And Jesus tells him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, if you want to follow me, I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight, I don't know what I'm eating tonight. It's going to be a rough road. It's going to be uncomfortable. Now think about that in our lives today, comfort. We treasure comfort. Think about how much money and effort we spend on comfort and convenience. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be comfortable but we're not to put that before Jesus. We can't put comfort before our Savior. Very simple example would be like worship. One hand you got worshiping Jesus with your fellow believers. On the other hand, you've got the comfort of sleeping in. Hmm. What should be our priority? And then think about what Jesus did for us. Yeah, he did not choose the comfortable way by any means. He resolutely marched to Jerusalem. And yes, it was a long walk, but that's not the uncomfortable part. Because he came to save us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. And in order to do that, he had to be rejected mocked and ridiculed suffer and die on the cross and because he is God he knew that would happen to him and yet resolutely he walked to his death nothing comfortable about that and by the way you can listen to an expanded discussion of putting tribal beliefs and or comfort before Jesus on part one of the podcast Today, we're going to talk about Jesus before security. See, another man comes to him, and his issue is that he has security before Jesus. So the Samaritans wanted their tribal beliefs before Jesus. The first man wanted comfort before Jesus. And this next guy, he wants security. And here's the story. Verse 59 and 60. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, first Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Whew, seems like harsh words, so we need to explain these. And these next two guys, they're going to use the same language. They're both going to say, Jesus, I want to follow you, but first let me do this. And what they're saying is, Jesus, I want to, following you to be my second priority. My first priority is something else. So how about if we negotiate a deal that my first priority I can pursue and you will permit me following you to be my second priority? Some today would be, you know, that would be school, first priority, or career, first priority, or recreation, first priority some kind of security first priority and i want jesus to accept second position in my life so that's the issue now admittedly this is one of the most difficult sayings of jesus in the whole bible because it looks like he's being mean i want to go bury my dad no but it's my dad like how many of you, you got a dad, you love your dad, and you went to Jesus and was like, Jesus, I love you, I'm gonna follow you, I gotta go bury my dad. He's like, no, nope, don't do that. Let the dead bury their own dead. You'd be like, come on, Jesus, I read, I read this book, and it said there were these commandments, and it said, honor your father and your mother. I'm very confused. And by the way, that book was the Bible. And by the way, that's one of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother. So what is it? Well, let's ask a few questions. Did Jesus love his parents? Yes, he did. He loved his mother totally. When he's dying on the cross, kind of busy, John, look after my mom, take care of her, I love her. He's making preparations for his mom when he is gone. He loves his mother. So what's going on here? What's Jesus saying? First of all, Jesus is no cult leader. Cult leaders try to isolate people from family and friends, to pull them out of a healthy community, to cause them to be emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, physically vulnerable. That's not Jesus. That's not what Jesus is doing. So what is going on here? Well, let me give you some cultural background that I think the original hearers would have understood the context in a way that we don't. So we need to unpack in how that culture worked to interpret and understand what is occurring here. In that day, it was very much expected of children to honor their father and their mother based upon the Ten Commandments. Even way... even way more than our culture. And as your parents got older, you're supposed to look after and care for them. And as they were dying, you were definitely supposed to be there for them. I mean, they didn't have hospitals and nursing homes and palliative care units. They are dying at home. And when they died, There were very strict and orchestrated procedures by which you were to prepare their funeral and their burial, certain music and meals and gatherings and clothing and wailers, and it's a big event. And this was part of being the family. It takes days. The whole neighborhood, the whole village is invited. It's a big deal, the death of someone in the family. Also, the dead had to be buried quickly because a dead body was considered to be unclean. So you had to have preparations in place in case death happened. Jesus, I totally want to follow you, but first let me go bury my dad. Number one, his dad's probably not dead and maybe not even dying. If his dad were dying, where would he be? He'd be with his dad, and he's not. If his dad were already dead, where would he be? At the funeral, overseeing the affairs of the family like a good son. So it's kind of likely that his dad has not died. Now I am wondering if the dad is anywhere near dead. Maybe his dad's got years left, maybe decades to live. Maybe what he's telling Jesus is, I totally want to follow you, Jesus. But if I tell my parents I'm following you, they're kind of devout Jews, you know. And I don't think they're going to be really excited about this. How many people do you know who are afraid to join a church in fear of upsetting their parents from another tradition hmm also he might be thinking if I don't hang around and obey my parents and if I don't see them through to their death and do everything right I'm not going to get my inheritance and my inheritance inheritance is big so this could very well be the scenario this is how it worked in that culture. You take care of your parents, and then they give you a big inheritance. Inheritance was expected and often fought over, as we see from other stories in the Bible. So I think what he's telling Jesus is this, someday, some, some year in the future, I'm gonna follow you, remember. Remember my faith, I'll be back in five, 10, 15 years, When my dad dies and I get this big, fat inheritance, then I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to give off the top. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to preach and go into ministry. It's going to be great someday, but I just can't today. I got commitments. And for that man, I believe, it's security over Jesus. He wants the approval of his family, and he wants his inheritance more than Jesus. He wants security. But it has to be Jesus above security. Now, how about you? You're like, "Huh, I will totally, wholeheartedly, passionately follow Jesus once I'm out of university. In school, I'm busy studying. I don't have time for church. I don't have time for Bible study or even praying or service to others. I don't. I need to get my future in order, my career in order. I need to get my life in order. That will help me feel secure. Sometimes, if you're in your 20s, I want to enjoy my freedom first. And then when you turn 30, when I get married, when we have kids, I'm gonna get so serious about Jesus, you just wait. I'm just saving up all that enthusiasm. Oftentimes people continue to push it out into future life stages. Someday when I get everything else lined up, my life is secure, things are in order. When I've got extra time or money, then I'm totally going to follow Jesus, but not today. Someday though, Jesus is saying today, See, there needs to be a sense of urgency because Jesus is just coming through this area and he may not be back because he's got a job to do. He's on a mission. And when he says, let the dead bury their own dead, what he's saying is this. Someday your parents are going to die and those who are spiritually dead, unbelievers, they can even bury the physically dead Why? Well, because there's nothing more you can do for a dead person, is there? It's over. There's no reincarnation. There's no second chance of salvation. So Jesus is looking at this man, basically asking, how many years of your life do you want to waste? You could be serving the living. And there's a lesson for us in that. Don't be wasting your time. Don't be wasting your life. There are people out there that need what you have. They might be related to you or they might not be. Now go and give it to them. You have been blessed with the forgiveness of sins, life and salvation in Jesus' name. Now you go and give that to those who don't have it. And I would ask you, what security is more important for you than Jesus? And the myth that is believed, if I put security before Jesus, I can have both. No, 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 you can't. Because if you worship security and pursue it, it becomes an idol. And if that is what you are pursuing and you devote your whole life to it, it will fail and it will disappoint you and it will destroy you because in the end security can't save you it can't save you from the inevitable from death And all that security that you built up, all that comfort and security, well, you can't take it with you. Someone else is going to use that. But if Jesus is in first position, the rest of life will work itself out. Because your future is a secure one in Jesus Christ. So you don't have to spend all your life and resources trying to secure your future. It's already secure because of what Jesus has done for you. Now it doesn't mean when you pursue Jesus, pursue Jesus, it doesn't mean you'll be rich. It doesn't mean you'll be successful. And it doesn't mean you'll be profitable, but it does mean you will be with Jesus and you f- will follow him where he goes. He'll get you through life and take you home to be with him forever in paradise. So, when Jesus looks at this man and says, no, Not someday I'll become a Christian and follow Jesus. Today, he's not saying, hate your parents. But he is saying, love God first and most. This is, after all, the very first commandment. And it's the one we struggle with the most. We're always putting things before God. That's why this Bible lesson is so important for us to discuss. And see, we hear that Jesus is... Here's another example where Jesus claims to be God. Because he claims we've got to put him first. And, yeah, the Bible says only put God first. So Jesus indeed must be God and when we put him first, then our life becomes in order. Now, big question is, can we put him first? And we'll talk more about that in the next message. Amen.